This is a HeadGum Podcast. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello! If you're gonna do it, I'm gonna need you to commit a with me. A simultaneous one. I'm gonna need you to commit with me. You gotta go. It's go. me. There we go. It's also <laughs> That was Olivia brilliant. Kennedy. And just William Cartwright. <laughs> and, and Jeremy Cobb. Oh, and I was gonna say we are joined today. By, we've ruined it. We've ruined, we've ruined the, the sanctity. We're joined of the by intro. ourselves. We yeah. are joined by ourselves. But uh, you can call me Liv. Hi. I, God. <laughs> but polarity bear calls me encyclopedia no, cabana like, okay but like okay but should no, we live sh- but should we do live. that again but live. should do you we, know do, what we do, do we do what we do we need to get as far away from this intro as possible fine. By, in- by actually just getting into the episode all right we fine yeah, yeah. yeah we've oh i have a nickname that i'd like to give myself i'd like to have what? a nickname I'd like, what? Myself. What? Uh, I'd like to call myself oh. uh screw you elon musk sis is not a slur yeah, oh, no, I mean, I'm, yeah, I love that, that for you, nickname. and I love that for everyone wow. else. Um, but yeah. uh, wow, that's a great nickname. Can I well, give myself a nickname? Can I do a nickname? I'm gonna do a nickname for me. Yeah. No, wait, I, I want you it. both to give me nicknames, please, and then we can do one for Jasper as well. Uh, um, <laughs> your uh, okay nickname is um. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to wait until you did yours before uh, trying to throw mine out. Uh, your nickname is Foam. <laughs> Live Foam Kennedy. I'm looking a lot of foam around me in this room. So foam. <laughs> there was no other reason. <laughs> you really put me on the spot, Liv. I don't know what you want me to say. Jasper, do you want to hear like... about my nickname for you? I yeah, was gonna. Go uh, my nickname for you is Jasper Cartwheel because you're very acrobatic, and there's a hey. reason behind Aww. it. And you give me fucking foam. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You could give me like a modicum of respect. I would really yeah. appreciate it, Jasper. Okay. I would really appreciate okay. it. I have. Oh, a, I have I'm going okay, to call you T. I'm going to call you T. <laughs> uh, because you have. You already have biscuit. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. All right. Yeah. Mm. All right. I'll, uh, I'll mine, do it. I'll take it. Mine is Long Livia, the queen of 3BH. Oh! You know, I think that, that Jeremy's was better. I think, honestly, like, impartially, I think that Jeremy's is, like, slightly better. How so... dare you? Mm-hmm. Foam is an adorable nickname. <laughs> You're sticking with Foam? <laughs> You're sticking with Foam? <laughs> hey, what's up? This is my buddy Foam. <laughs> this is Foam. He's <laughs> 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 soft and delightful, and he's good at absorbing sound. <laughs> yes! That's what, that's what Foam sounds like. Hey, this is my buddy Foam. Shit! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's classic foam. That's classic foam. Uh, oh that's man, classic foam. <laughs> well, speaking yeah. of Elon Musk and uh, potentially uh, white people with some questionable uh, uh, feelings and insecurities, uh, we are going to do a classic three BH episode today. We're going to be talking about controversy. Oh my god! This is the 
wrong dungeon in the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full Prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! It lands in the cusp of a teaspoon? Oh, no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it! Into something real big now. Yeah, and more importantly, the controversy surrounding the uh, new book, which is being released, which is sort of like a tell all book about the creating of uh, shows uh, in Hollywood. I think it does tip, it does focus mostly on Lost, or it focuses entirely on Lost. I'm not actually sure because from the article that I've read, it's all the stuff is referencing Lost, but I don't know if it does reference other things. But it's a book called Burn It Down by Maureen Ryan. Uh, and it has some pretty revealing things about the production of the show, the hit show, Lost, which came out in, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, 2005? I, I actually had said 2005 before. Yeah, you were, it's 2004. It is yeah. 2004. Oh. Cool. Yeah, Most you were right. Um, and Oi. so, yeah, we are going to uh, discuss a little bit about kind of like, A, the kind of uh, why Lost as a show is kind of still relevant to talk about today, because it's a pretty seminal TV show in the kind of canon of TV shows. And also some of the issues that are explored within this one, because I think it's like, it's actually a topic that we haven't really talked about, because it's a slightly different thing to uh, the stuff we explored within the Fishboy saga. <laughs> that, uh, mm. If you haven't listened to, maybe we should even drop a link in this, but that was basically... Yes. Uh, um, uh, exploring some of the controversies around, uh, remind me the actor's name, uh, in, uh, well, it was, uh, oh man, I was, one of them was fish. It was, Ray was Fisher? uh, John Boyega, Ray Fisher, Ray, Ray Fisher, Fisher and it. John Boyega, mm-hmm. both, uh, both mainly Ray Fisher. Ma- yeah, yeah. Ray Fisher and John Boyega in, uh, Star Wars and, uh, and the DC, DCEU generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. uh, they, those were kind of, uh, slightly different uh, cases and i think this is an interesting one because a bit more of a uh a look back on mm-hmm. on um the what how things used to happen and also it's a very interesting uh case study i think because uh we have uh harold uh i can never pronounce his last name Harold Harold Perineu. Perineu, that's it. I've never heard somebody say it out loud. I don't think I have either. Uh, But we have Harold Perineu or Perineu as who was coming into this show as the as the biggest named actor in the show and still kind of suffering from uh, a lot of the a lot of similar things. So uh, I'm going to throw it over to Jeremy to get us started. Jeremy, do you want to give us a little overview as to uh, Mm -hmm. Lost as a show and why back in Mm -hmm. 2004 this was such a revolutionary thing and why it's relevant? for us to be talking about today i would love that because i i I, just up top i want to say never watch lost um the the most i know about lost is literally my good good friend uh rachel was obsessed with it when we were growing up and like it was a roller coaster just seeing seeing her emotions on it and so yeah that's what that's (laughs) that's my reference so yes jeremy tell me more please 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 Mm -hmm. be the voice of the audience today and if we mention something that makes no sense feel free to ask the question but just (laughs) know hey what's up with that won't know because <laughs> we may, there's a good chance it may just not make sense. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> a lot of stuff in the show didn't make sense, but that's part of the charm. Anyway, Jeremy, take it yeah. away. <laughs> uh, okay, so Lost uh, premiered on ABC in 2004. Uh, it was an ensemble cast. Uh, there's actually a case to be made that Harold Perineu was one of the two biggest names on that show, mm. because also in the cast of that show was Dominic Monaghan. 
three BH guest extraordinaire, and of course, Mary Doc Brandy Buck in the Lord of the Rings series. Yes. Uh, so he was coming in hot off of that. Wow. Because I think Lord of the Ring, I think Return of the King had come out the year before. Wow. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's a good chance. Yeah. Definitely. I think it would throw him in there. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So they were, but it was an ensemble show. Uh, it also was one of the shows that helped establish J.J. Abrams, uh, who, you know, like him or hate him, he is one of the biggest, he's one of yep. the biggest blockbuster directors of the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 yeah. plus years, really. Um, but Lost uh, debuted. It is a show about a group of people who were on a, a an airplane, a flight called Oceanic 815 that mysteriously crashed on an island. Uh, this island contains numerous mysteries and the show concerns the survivors of that crash trying to not only survive on the island but also figure out the myriad mysteries mysteries include a bizarre four-toed statue mm-hmm. uh, a polar bear which that is just by the way jeremy the actually has the exact uh reason for that and he's going to reveal that at the end of the show so you have to keep listening <laughs> if you want to actually definitively find out oh, why wait. the polar bear was on the island You're, that is going right. to happen confirmed why is there a polar <laughs> Yep, I'll let you know uh, at the end of the show. Stay tuned. Like, I'll, t- I'll cool. tell you in a bit. It's we're going to reveal island. at the end of the show. Okay. We're going to reveal yeah. at the end of the show. It's right. the big, Can't biggest exclusive reveal that Jeremy has yeah. for us. So. There's a smoke monster Ooh. who that exists on the island that has like yep. strange mechanical sounds that accompany it. Uh, there are suspicions that there might be other people on the island, and those mysteries just compound and compound uh, over the length of the, the of the show. And what makes the show, I think, so gripping is its reliance on two things. There are two main drivers for this show. Uh, number one, like I was saying, the mysteries. Uh, Lost has. I've never seen so many cliffhangers in a single work. It's like every commercial break has a cliffhanger with a specific musical sting. They have the trombones coming and go, Uh, they have every episode ends with the most intense cliffhanger. It is edge of your seat. What is going to happen? And they keep you on the hook and they're extremely good at it. But number two, uh, and honestly, the I would say the best part of the show, mm-hmm. the characters. Uh, oh. Every single episode focuses on a different one of the survivors and jumps back and forth between their time on the island and their lives before the island. Yeah. Uh, and this continues throughout the show. This is, you may recognize this as the exact model that Orange the New Black just straight up stole. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. is the exact format. Yeah. The exact same format. Yeah. Uh, and it's in, in both cases, you have a multiracial ensemble cast uh, with where we're focusing in on what's happening in the present day with all sorts of tension about, oh, what's going to happen? And then all these questions of who is this person really? Mm. Oh, my goodness. It turns out this person who's walking on the island was actually wheelchair bound and was actually paralyzed from the waist down before they got here. Oh. This is and a huge twist. Oh. And it's also really, really important to note that Game of Thrones did a very similar thing just without the diversity. So that's really also just good. Good thing to good thing to know because okay. no, it wasn't on a, a diverse ensemble cast. Again, it was, it was, <laughs> no. it was yes. mostly a white cast. It was, it was a white cast. And when yeah. I when I say uh, when I di- when I say diverse, I mean for a show today, it would be really diverse. Yeah. Like they had in the main cast, uh, they did the three main trio, which is does come up. They were not the main trio when they were cast, but the group yes. that became the main trio were in fact all white. But uh, you had uh, in four, the main you can even say. 
actually. Yeah, uh, all, all yeah, that's true. Were, that's true. Yeah, no, of course the yeah. main four. No, absolutely, yes, yes. But <laughs> we also had major <laughs> black characters. We had two major Korean characters who were some of the best characters on the show, oh, in my so opinion. Uh, we also had one of our, probably our number five or six main character was uh, uh, played by an Indian man, I believe, but the character was Iraqi. Which for like yes. a post 9-11 show to have a a a an ex-military Iraqi character as one yeah. of your main heroes uh in, on an American network show. Yeah, mm-hmm. really groundbreaking mm-hmm. in a lot of and ways. Also, and also it wasn't it's it uh it I was worried uh, uh this is some slight spoilers, um but uh, I was worried that Saeed's character would definitely come across in a certain way because he is pictured like in the first series he's very much like the scene is kind of like the violent one because he's sure. but to be fair that's partly because he's depicted as the only one who is like ex-army uh, or do you yeah. know what I mean who's had, who's had that kind of training before I was going to ask if he um, was villainized at all but yeah well that's the thing he kind mm. of I think there's a there's definitely a point in season one um, where he's he's like villainized but it's very quickly kind of he's very quickly humanized after that in terms of like why he did it and actually it turns out to be a good like like almost like a good decision because okay. they find out something they needed to find out which you know would have like helped yeah. him and, do you know what i mean so it turns out there is like reasons and it's not just like oh he was just violent for the sake of being violent wonder... he's kind of forced into it so it's, it's it's a very different dynamic than your traditional yeah. like you know i wonder uh, if and, and even was... then even then he mm-hmm. is out villained by other members of the of the sure. cast yes oh, like the certainly. big villain yeah, thing yeah. that he's doing some people are kind of like nah, i get it because the guy yeah. he's doing it to That's is I mean. such a dick it might have been the yeah. case that like because the only example i have for this is when uh in the first season of a show they the show won't overtly say this character is queer because it doesn't want to like in quotation marks put off off the audience which obviously it wouldn't mm-hmm. but like i'd uh, like and then in the next in the next few se- seasons it just goes ham with like oh my goodness gay everywhere um but like mm. is this kind of like it might have been a thing where they were like oh yeah actually he's super violent and like you justified maybe not liking him audience but then it's like actually just kidding we played you you know that is it that kind of thing uh- I actually think you've hit on something there, but I actually think what's weird, and I think what we're going to get into, is I think actually the exact opposite of that happened with Lost, which is where you started out with this like super multiracial cast Mm -hmm. who all had like really interesting and compelling storylines, all had loads of stuff going on. It was really intriguing and interesting. And then slowly but surely, we kind of filed a lot of that stuff away and just got into a kind of more traditional show with like Mm. main characters and people definitely getting more than other people and and that's actually a lot of the cause for the tension that's discussed within this article which i think is yes which almost i think is fascinating because it starts out as this like beautifully vibrant show of like you know all these people and then it does uh yeah becomes it then becomes and focuses a lot more and it kind of seems like that happened in terms of like because there was a uh, there's a bit of a uh in, in this article we'll put a link to it the one that we've uh or at least i've read through is from vanity fair i think there's even a description of it changing after the first season when certain like kind of people behind the camera left and other people came in so i do mm-hmm. think that there's also part of this was potentially due to like a, a kind of crew change mm-hmm. as well as any as, as much as or like an executive change sorry as much as anything else which i think is interesting and worth discussing yeah. okay. um, i just want to quickly sort of yeah, cap off the lost intro by saying the show was massively popular it was hugely acclaimed won a pile of emmys both for like technical stuff and for performances um it at one point it's two two of its major supporting characters were basically trading off wins from year to year mm-hmm. for emmy wins for best supporting actor in a drama uh 
and it was really one of the last water cooler shows, which I'm not mm-hmm. even sure if that's a term that's used these days. But essentially what it means is the show that everybody watches, that the next day everybody gets to work and they're like, whoa, did you see what happened on the oh, on sure. Lost? Yeah. I mean, like you, Game of Thrones would have been one, right? Uh... Game of Thrones was probably the last one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lost was like one of the last ones, especially one of the last ones to be on network television. Because uh, there's a difference between like network and cable on American in American television. Mm-hmm. Network is just the viewership numbers tend to be higher because mm-hmm. you don't have to pay for it in the same way. Whereas you have to pay for cable channels, mm-hmm. so your viewership is almost always going to be on network, which means your shows are almost always going to be broader uh, in appeal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for such a, like a show that's supposed to be super broad in appeal to be really like concerned with its characters and like mm-hmm. really focused on really strong writing for the most part. Um, and also, like, having a diverse cast from the get-go, many of whom make it to season season six. It ran for six seasons. Uh, it, mm. was, it was a huge deal. Um, to this day, many people will still say, at its best, it was one of the best shows probably ever, or at least of its era. Mm-hmm. Uh, at yeah. its worst, it was very disappointing. Uh, <laughs> it, it actually, yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones sort of Ooh. replaced Lost as the most hated ending. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe yeah. How I Met Your Mother might have actually replaced Lost, and then Game of Thrones <laughs> might have replaced How I Met Your Mother. But I actually it was never bad. got to the end of How I Met Your Mother. Um, oh, don't. I think, don't. I've never yeah. watched oh, no, don't. I don't it. I'm so vindicated because I, uh, the first two I haven't watched, and then I was like, I'm, I'm glad that I, I missed that disappointing ending but yeah no game of thrones i did watch so never mind uh, yeah, no, yeah. i will say i do think lost's ep- ending works if you go to it with the mindset that the mysteries are not the important thing but the people yes. are the important thing this, if you care this about is the actually people it's actually very satisfying mm. Mm. i had a much different experience because i came to this watch later we uh we binged it during lockdown mm. and it was very much the case that like jade uh my wife ex- explained to me you know, uh, look, listen, don't don't expect any answers to this stuff because you're not going to get it. <laughs> uh, you know, and I was like, OK. And so going in with that mindset was kind of like fun for me just being like, oh, OK, I can just kind of imagine into the space that's left. And there is huge gargantuan spaces left <laughs> in like the plot and story that they just never really explained or answered. And I think if you, but if you go in with that, I think it's a lot more enjoyable. I can absolutely understand that if you were watching this like on a week by week basis, how you would get to the and be like what in the christ was that mm-hmm. like mm. what the hell like that makes no sense whatsoever um yeah it's um, a complete side mm. note jasper but that's the first time i've heard you refer to jada as your wife like it's yeah! So exciting. yeah there we go there we go my wife yeah. it's my fun wife. to say yeah. i love it my wife yeah. <laughs> i actually came to the show in a similar way in that i started watching it right after it ended i had a bunch of like right. teachers and classmates back in high school who loved the show and then were really upset at the ending and i found that really funny uh and so i then decided <laughs> to start watching the show i was like now that it's over i'll watch it and now that i know i didn't know what the plot was i just knew that none of the mysteries ended in a satisfying way uh which isn't 100 percent true but i i just so i just went in and was like all right well let's just see it and then it was clear that like oh the people are ultimately what matter and then when when it got to the end of the show i was like wow this is really emotional and i really like this from like a character standpoint uh and i will also say from a plot standpoint i think seasons four and five are really incredible sci-fi that is, in in my opinion, sure. personal. Sure. Seasons four and five are fantastic sci-fi. Uh, if that's wild, some, there were some big bits that I disliked out of the last two seasons, but like in, generally, I would agree. Like it's well put together, and it's like I, there's just like stuff that I'm just like, man, I I like I kind of wish they'd made a different choice, but like I don't necessarily mm-hmm. have a problem mm-hmm. with the you know, it's not like the choices they made are bad. I just think there was a more satisfying 
thing yeah. there, but but otherwise no qualms. So with that out of the way. To, <laughs> yeah, please. Yes, with that out of the way. Uh, let's get into this article uh, which discusses uh, the book Burn It Down. Uh, I think is we this the Vanity start... Fair article? Yeah, the Vanity Fair article. I think okay. we should so this is by Maureen Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, we should start with the stuff around Harold because um, I think it's a, just like I said, it's a really interesting perspective to come in uh, thinking of you know this is a guy who had ju- who had done uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet back in like ninety four or ninety five I think no ninety seven or ninety eight it was late it was ninety eight yeah so pre yeah. so actually more recent than that yeah. and I think had just done let me just clarify the dates. Um, and da-da-da, when did the first one come out? I uh, had just done Matrix Reloaded. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's whether... true. He is in Matrix Reloaded. He's yeah. he's oh. a big character. He's a big, big yeah. character in the Matrix, uh, which obviously is pretty important. And His fact, hair's so uh, different, done, I don't recognize He'd him. done all three Matrix movies by this point. Um, wow. he had done so uh the the first uh all one through three had already come out, uh which plays a big part because in this article we explore the fact that basically he was kind of uh in this almost like a bit of a wave in the early two thousands in the early aughts uh of like big big movie stars going over to t v because t v was still very much viewed as this kind of like sub genre of movies mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. and so to like tempt him over uh he was kind of sold on this idea that it was going to be a very uh you know this big kind of ensemble uh cast that they were going to give uh people you know these big rich and elaborate kind of storylines and uh and i think honestly jj abrams was a big part of the reason why he joined on Mm. um which I think is relevant because I think JJ has less and less to do with the show as it kind of moves on uh, and there's new showrunners that come in and are kind of mostly overseeing everything. So I think that's kind of interesting and worth noting. Um, uh, but yeah, he was kind of sold this dream. Uh, and then I think it's after the first season, it pretty much starts to go downhill from there. Um, uh, let me just see if I can find the quote here. Just looking at the whole um, cast of so many people. Wow. Yeah, in fact, yeah. there's a quite a few quite a few of the actors noted that Harold had the biggest career up to that point. Possibly yeah, Daniel Day Kim Monaghan. has had a great career. Uh, Daniel K. Kim. Lost. Yeah. Um Ian Summerhold is in there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this is oh he's oh. fantastic in the show. Michelle Rodriguez is in there? Okay. Yeah. She's playing the Michelle Rodriguez yeah. character. <laughs> oh great. yeah, it's the f- like the first time, and it's like yeah, yeah. The, the OG Michelle Rodriguez character. Mm. Um, uh, and I, while you're looking this up, I will also say another thing that was impressive about the show is we started to touch on it. These characters of diverse backgrounds were typically not portrayed in in like explicitly stereotypical ways like sure the black man has is is there with his son and oh he had been an absentee father but we find out later that was not actually his fault he actually had wanted to be with his son but the mother had left Mm -hmm. and now he has stepped up to take care of his son and so he's like he's like a responsible loving father who's trying to adjust from having been like not having had a child uh, now having like an, a nine or 10 year old child and trying to raise this kid mm-hmm. who's just gone through a tragedy. Um, the, the Korean family, both like really interesting characters again, starts seemingly more stereotypical, but then really develops mm-hmm. as the show goes. And on. actually probably exactly the same with Saeed as well. Like the, yeah. um, uh, the, the kind of arc he goes on in terms of like being viewed as this slightly more violent military, you know, man from the Middle East, you know, being a very kind of, um, you know, especially around that time. But to the, the way they humanize his character is like kind of in, like honestly incredible for a show. Yeah. Like we have stuff now which does a 
infinitely more horrible job mm. of trying to humanize you know kind of like mid middle eastern kind of people and characters and do you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it's really crazy to watch this i remember watching this uh, back in lockdown and being like absolutely blown away by some of these portrayals mm. yeah. and i just found the quote here which kind of backs it up which is that one of the things that uh harold says drew him to the uh the idea was that he was told the story was going to be uh really equitable and that yeah, he was very aware that up until this point there were kind of uh there were very much like distinct lines and there was like a, a ceiling almost on like what a you know a, a black man like him could do within a tv show or a mm -hmm. film or whatever um and uh he said that th he was really really hopeful about this and uh it was so, like something that's like so big that we've never seen on broadcast tv and he said i was even i was like shouting about it from the rooftops i said i was such a believer oh. so i think like he was so bought in on like the idea of the show and what it was going to be and then um i think let me just double check i believe it's after the first season there was a wave of dismissals hmm. uh in which executive producer carlton cuse came aboard who was a kind of industry veteran uh who done um uh, the nash bridges, Ridge, uh, nash bridges the, adventures the adventures of, of briscoe county yeah, yeah um and so uh he came on with damien uh lindelof who people probably have heard of like of now what's crazy is this was damien lindelof's first damon. show as a writer damon sorry damon lindelof's first show as a writer uh yeah. so i think and i think some of that experience comes to bear um <laughs> because um there is a then what follows in the article is basically a string of uh accounts about uh particularly uh Cuse's kind of behavior and some of the things that he was suggesting um and some of the things that he uh brought forward this is a, uh, like a shorter one uh but i think it it, uh, it's on a similar path but basically uh one of the writers on the show um uh osu uh, osu breen uh, was a writer on the show and basically describes uh how she got fired from the show but was happy to get fired after she had a, a bit of a backwards and forwards about uh basically saying that she was very angry in the writer's room because coos had basically suggested that they had to kill off one of the black characters in the show because he wanted to leave mm. um who's one of the best characters on the show by the way it, one of the mr. best characters honestly such a shame mr echo uh was my favorite character i was absolutely heartbroken um but mr Co uh, the uh, carlton Coos actually wanted to literally I, i'm not actually going to read the quote because i don't think it's necessarily it's not nice at all mm -hmm. but basically described something close to a lynching Oof. and this black writer was like hey maybe don't do that mm -hmm. uh and was kind of met with a lot of resistance so i think that kind of goes wow. to some way as to showing you what kind of environment we're in and then to flip this back to harold this is something that's echoed by his comments basically saying how he said that every single time he tried to bring up uh you know race or the kind of growing inequality between characters in the later seasons he was met with this very kind of pearl clutching response of like oh we're not racist we're not racist we're you know uh, uh all of this kind of thing which i think is maybe like the first point of like interesting conversation because it seems so strange for me to have a show that was kind of built around this idea mm. of diversity, even if that's not necessarily what they were consciously doing. You know, I think what they were doing is like, okay, we need to build a, 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 a realistic snapshot of what a plane, mm, you know, the kind of people that would be on this plane mm. and kind of inadvertently made the most diverse show in TV. Mm. Um, but it seems, but maybe that's part of the problem. I don't know. What, what do you like? I'll throw it over to you, maybe, Liv. Like, how do you think you go from creating a show 
like that and ending up in a place where like jeremy said you have the four main characters are all white dudes you know what I mean? or like white people white people sorry. i mean three of us yeah. yeah one's a woman well, the one, one woman one's a woman well. yeah um yeah that i was i mean I, 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 yeah like i said i don't know much i know the big things the big points about the mm. show which i have heard um by being in fandom spaces and stuff um but i maybe like you said they unintentionally made it a diverse cast that wasn't something they were prepared for um like mm. also with the the whole pearl clutching thing like it's it's so wild that people can't just take it's not even criticism it's just like it's just like i'm just letting you know this is a thing like mm. it's just the sheer fact of like that they were not able to take on any advice like that shows that they were never fully prepared to make this show like uh yeah like know, they didn't know what yeah, they had almost yeah, exactly. like they didn't know what they were actually creating in the first yeah. place and then it kind of almost like it reverted to the meme you know yeah, what i mean it's, exactly it's kind of the way that i it feel like it you know how how this kind of got this happened well, yeah made. i will live if, what you're saying oh sorry go ahead i, I just just saying i wonder mm -hmm. if just like a lot of like executive producers and whatever got their claws in like was that maybe something that happened like, they were like oh it needs to be more mm. palatable <laughs> or something well, that I think is exactly a phrase that was oh, okay. uh, was used. If I'm not wrong, I'm pretty yeah. sure Harold says at some point. Uh, let me just double check that the characters were yes, they're told that the white characters were more relatable, mm. uh, yeah. and that he and his character wasn't as important. That was quite literally what was <sighs> like quote for quote like said to him when he brought up the idea. He because he he basically goes back and says in the later seasons like, hey, this was pitched to me as this you know mm. this kind of show, and my character's got this um you know and actually uh this is a this is something that really stuck out for me in the article which is where he describes and i'll let you just like jump mm. on the back of this jeremy because you brought it up in the first place but he describes basically going back in saying hey i really think that my characters a is like his, his storyline is getting diminished but also there's this whole section where his son i mean whole section it's basically his whole character mm -hmm. uh gets taken on the island mm -hmm. gets like kidnapped and uh, the scene after he gets taken, this, the way that it's written in the show is they then go into a Sawyer, uh, one of the other characters, into a, a flashback of his character. And it's basically this, the, it, they set that up by having uh, Harold's character be like, hey, Sawyer, like, what's up with your past kind of thing? And Harold turned around to the showrunners and said, yo, like, my just son has just been taken, yeah. <laughs> just been kidnapped. And I'm, we're floating out in the middle of the ocean or whatever, and I'm going to sit and ask about this white man's backstory. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, what? That, no. <laughs> yeah. And that is effectively what happened. Like, the, 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 the like, in, and, the, and apparently he was given something like uh, 12 to 14 hours away. And they were just like, oh, you just do, like, do something then kind of thing. Like, write something. Because he was kind of really saying, like, no, I really feel like this. And he brought up, like you said, Jeremy, this this whole thing of, like, a black absent fathers mm -hmm. and how, uh, like, that's a storyline that he's really, like, painfully aware of mm -hmm. and doesn't want to perpetrate and, you know, all this kind of thing. And then him just immediately, like, kind of not caring. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That his son's just been taken. Mm -hmm. Really feeds into that narrative. As soon as you yeah. said that, um, I was like, oh, they're not going to do that, are they? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah come on it, yeah fully it yeah it is um that yeah that was one of the most notable i think parts where he's like having to fight mm -hmm. for his because honestly the way his character had been written up to that point he, like almost every single thing he says is 
Walt, which is his son's name. He spends half the show yelling his son's name, yeah. wondering, where's Walt? Yeah. Where's Walt? Or, oh, no, Walt, like worrying about Walt. Mm -hmm. And then which already felt pretty one dimensional, mm -hmm. even though there's like so much more clearly. That and this is when Walt's still like there, yeah. by the way. Yeah, it's worth pointing out. This is when Walt's still mm -hmm. there. And then when Walt <laughs> finally gets kidnapped and he's Walt, like, you know, the biggest mm -hmm. Waltz we've ever had up until this point. <laughs> uh, it's weird that he would then pivot to be like, so Sawyer, uh, especially since like, tell me. like tell me about what you. you were you saying about relatable, just for context, his character is a father who's trying a single father who's trying to reconnect with his son after mm -hmm. having not mm -hmm. known him for his whole life against his own will. Mm -hmm. The other characters uh, included the, the ones who would have been the more relatable were uh, a serial con man uh, <laughs> who I'm not even going to get into the big spoilers there, uh, mm -hmm. but a serial con man, <laughs> some sort of like holy man who seemed to worship the idea of the island itself, oh, who was also like a big mm -hmm. outdoorsman and who's who's. <laughs> own father had attacked major him father issues yeah major father another issues. guy <laughs> a, a surgeon with major father issues whose father had gone down to australia and died and he had to fly down and get his own father and oh, was God. was flying back with him on the on the plane on with his corpse on the plane uh and then also like which crashed oh, by the way. yes and then also a, so, a woman who was wanted for scene. murder uh like, <laughs> <laughs> well, these are not wow. There are, I feel like there are way more people who can relate to the love of a father for his son and a yes. parent trying to connect with their estranged child uh, or just any child, really, because once the kids get a certain age, I think any parent can find it a challenge to connect with their kids versus that. Like, come on now. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah that is that is truly I've, wild. That is truly I've wild. been like watching a lot of. Uh, stuff on YouTube recently about kind of like um, how black characters are perceived in media and like mm. um, it's wild to me that like the, the default is just oh yeah white characters. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at CarMax we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car you should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Some of the most relatable. So, um, do you have any idea who's watching your shit? Like, um, I can't remember what book it was, but there was this author who like did like uh who wrote this book that um did the default thing that books normally do which is like only reference a character's race if it's not white um but mm -hmm. she like subverted it so that like it, you know if somebody was white then she would mention that and it was just like such a simple like idea that was ju it just points out like how how wild it is that that's perceived to be the, to be the norm it just just I, that something that yeah. came up in my mind yeah no i think that's wild, wild.
That's really, uh, I think that's a really, really good but point. I, live on <laughs> I wanted, I wanted, I wanted also to respond to what you said, Liv, about mm. whether you think it was the, the cast or sorry, whether it was the creators or whether it was the producers mm. who motivated this change, because there, we start to see that, uh, getting back to the article, uh, there was an art actor whose mm. name was changed to Sloan for the purposes of the book slash article. Uh, mm. they say the thing that kind of created a rift in the cast was money. Uh, Paraneo and mm. Sloan told me that the cast had discussions about holding firm and asking for equal pay when salary renegotiations with ABC Studios began. According to both, promises were made to present a united front. Almost a decade earlier, the cast of Friends had done just that and wound up with equal pay for all six leads. But at Lost, the united front quickly crumbled. Ultimately, the cast ended up in a series of compensation tiers, and Paraneu and Sloan said the highest tier was occupied solely by white actors. Uh... And then mm -hmm. the next big thing was as the 25 uh, episode first, as the 25 first, uh, excuse me, as the 25 episode first season progressed, Paraneu uh, noticed that a few of his castmates got the majority of the storytelling attention. It became pretty clear that I was the black guy, Daniel Day Kim mm -hmm. was the Asian guy, and then you had Jack and Kate and Sawyer, all of whom got a good deal of screen time, as did Terry O'Quinn's Locke. Indeed, a writer I spoke to who worked on Lost during the middle of its run said the writing staff was told repeatedly who the, quote, hero characters were, end quote. Locke, Jack, Kate, and Sawyer, all of whom were white. Uh, quote, it's not that they didn't write stories for Saeed, the Iraqi character, or Sun and Jin, Korean characters, the source added. Uh, still, they recalled comments like, quote, nobody cares about these other characters. Just give them a few scenes on another beach, end quote. So it absolutely, yeah. there's absolutely a pro the, uh, the probability that there were executives involved, but it was 100% the mindset of a lot of the writers and creators as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, and at a cost, even like if that if that United Front crumbled, that means some people in that kind of cool cast gave in and was like, okay, you can pay me more money, and you know, uh, I think that's a very uh, you know, I think that all generally makes for a very toxic uh, atmosphere. I think that's kind of what is discussed a lot in this article is just the fact that it, you know this isn't even so much that this kind of some overt thing although there are very overt examples, but just the idea, like, I don't know how I would feel. Like, do you know what I mean? If I was going into a show as the high, you know, one of the highest mm -hmm. build people, I then find myself less than like one season in already get, getting onto a lower pay yeah. than everyone else. My, my role already diminishing the promises that were made to me at the beginning when I joined already falling away. You know, I'm bringing up problems and being confronted with the line. I'm not a racist. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I think all of that really feeds into, you know, it's such a, like, it's, it's not even, it's not even subtle, but like this really, uh, just yeah like really really toxic atmosphere that i think is almost impossible mm -hmm. then to do your like good you know to do good work in do you mm -hmm. know what i mean because i don't know if you would feel like you had anyone you know other than potentially the other kind of pocs on the on the uh you know in the mm -hmm. cast that you know were like actual allies to you um mm -hmm. and i do think it's it's uh worth maybe just at this point uh kind of throwing over the um over to what uh, Damon uh, Lindelof has said, uh, kind of like post some of these issues and things coming out. Um, just purely because I think it's, a, it's an interesting response. It wasn't necessarily 
don't know, I'm not going to say it's the best, not going to say it's the worst response, but kind of interesting to like, he basically describes how he, you know, uh, that he didn't have a recollection and he was kind of baffled by uh, the, the, the fact that some of those things, like he was responsible and some of those things came out of his like mouth, or whatever. And then he openly admits that he can, like, he failed basically mm-hmm. in not, in, you know, not creating what was a hostile atmosphere for people of color. Um, and I was, it, I was like at least refreshed to be like, okay, well, at least this isn't someone who's just like doubling yeah. down on the like, well, that never happened, and they're liars, and this is that, and whatever. I was like, okay, you're at least acknowledging the fact that you were part of the problem, and that you, you know, messed up in a, in a big way on this. Um, and because the because the re- and the, one of the main reasons why I bring Damon Lindelof up, uh, and I think uh, Jeremy, you actually made this point already uh, when we were off air. Which is Damon Lindelof was the showrunner for the new Watchmen series, <laughs> which is possibly one of the best explorations of being black in a, mm-hmm. like, it's like an incredible explanation of being, uh, being black, being a POC. It's like an absolutely, for my view anyway, for my money, I absolutely adored that TV mm. series. An incredible look and, you know, like really sensitive topics, incredibly sensitive, uh, sensitive topics handled in like, a, like absolutely, you know, stunning mm. way. Uh, so, I mean, maybe it's growth. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can find his actual quotes mm. uh, because his, his, his response does. I, I found one of them in. in um... Oh, I've got, I've got oh. them here. I can read them out. Hold on. Here we go. Uh, so I have no recollection of those specific things. This is when he admitted to, he said he failed to stop a racist work environment on the uh, popular ABC show. Uh, I'm uh, just saying that it's literally baffling. Uh, literally uh, baffling my brain that uh, that they did that they did happen and that I bore witness to them or that I said them uh, to think that that came out of my mouth or the mouths of people that I still consider friends is just not computing. Um, that was like the that's like the main bit. That well, I, I think that's uh, a, a testament to like that. how how much like the, the world has changed since then because uh, like you could say something like that back in like 2005 or whenever this was and mm. it just not even think about it just not even think oh that's something terrible that i've done like yeah you just wouldn't even it wouldn't even register so i i, I do believe him when he says that oh i, I can't compute doing that because it, in retrospect that was awful but at the time mm. it was probably just like yeah that's just how we do things mm. i mean it's probably even the same for harold yeah. right like a lot of these quotes and stuff coming out now it's probably like a you know he might he obviously felt awful mm-hmm. and it was horrible at the time but in terms of like how bad mm-hmm. and how kind of racist and how problematic it was it doesn't really hit you until like yeah. you know i've had the same experience yeah. where i look back on some of the things that happened to me yeah. in school and that i'm like okay oh yeah god that was not okay like that was so far away from okay and i like i knew it made me feel horrible and i knew i hated going through the experience Mm. of time but it never really truly landed yeah you know to the the extent to why it made me feel so bad it never occurs to you that you should have been outraged you know until Mm. afterwards uh it's like yeah, because you just go, oh, that's just the way it is that's the way that the the world works there's like an assumption that no one's trying to harm you like you have the mindset like oh yeah everything's fine Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, I, if I've talk, spoken about this before, but there's this um, somebody came up with this analogy for like um, realizing later on that something somebody has done to you was shitty. Um, have either of you watched Father Ted? <laughs> uh, no. 
Okay. I've I watched uh, yes, a clip I've watched that Father said Ted's. Father yeah, Ted's yeah. a racist, but I never yeah, watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely used to watch yeah. Father Ted, and people in my family used yeah, to watch Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, same here. We we have similar backgrounds. Um, but <laughs> but there's a scene where um Father Ted uh kicks this bishop up the ass, just kicks him up the ass, and then he turns around like, "You kicked me up the ass," and he was like, "No, I didn't do no, I didn't do that." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And he just fully believes, fully believes him. And then he goes away. He does this thing. He's in a completely separate country, probably like ages later. And he's like, he kicked me up the ass. Like he like realizes <laughs> that that did actually happen. And then he storms back like, no, you did that. And it's like, like, it's such a good analogy for like being like, wait a fucking minute. You just did. You did that shit. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I think it was like one of those things. Maybe just like, oh, fuck fuck that mm. actually you know and i think it goes some way sorry jeremy because i know you want to uh, jump in I just i think it goes some way to explaining why it's so important that we carry on having these mm -hmm. discussions and why it's so important that like you know we are having this discussion now because what damon mm -hmm. said there is i can't compute yeah. that, that came out of my my mouth you know what i mean because obviously he's moved on he's in a very different place all that kind of thing but it's super important that he is aware that like he has that that was there that was in him you know and possibly unaddressed mm -hmm. un you know like he hadn't thought through where all that came from mm -hmm. and do you know what i mean like it's a really important part of like your growth to realize that you can that you are capable of kind of going to that place almost in the same way that like if i you know was to slip and make a mistake no matter how long it is until you know since that thing happened i want to know about it because i need to be aware so that i can make sure it never happens yeah. again or that you know it might not happen in such an extreme but it still could, you know, I mean, like little things, little moments still could happen if it goes completely unchecked. Mm -hmm. And the way that he responded to that question and to this, you know, to these allegations kind of makes me feel like that. You know what I mean? Like this is something actually that that man really needed mm -hmm. to hear. You know what I mean? To yeah. say, hey, like, you know, you've done some great things, but you're, you know, you have serious, serious blind mm -hmm. spots. And, you know, part of those blind spots have led to some really, really unacceptable behavior, both on your account and on your peers accounts and like you said you know people that he still calls friends and probably still works with now which is you know uh kind of Pretty crazy well. to think about sorry jeremy go, go um, ahead yeah <laughs> i wanted to throw out a couple of things one is that uh maureen ryan had actually asked uh, a number of cast and crew and she kept a running list of words that different sources used to describe the show's work atmosphere it was a word cloud and she mm -hmm. shared it with both uh damon oh, nice. lindelof and carlton cues among the adjectives that came up a lot were cruel brutal destructive racist sexist mm -hmm bullying, angry, abusive, and hostile. And this is to describe the, the experience of working on the show. Uh, mm -hmm. And when it says, after I read the word cloud to Lindelof, he was silent for about a minute. He finally answered, referring to his behavior in the present. Quote, the way that I conduct myself and the way that I treat other humans who I am responsible for and a manager of is a byproduct of all the mistakes that were made. I have significantly evolved and grown and it shouldn't have had to come up or come at the cost uh, and, uh, at the cost and, tr and the trauma of people that I hurt on lost. Uh, and mm. then he said, uh, would it shock you to learn or believe that despite the fact that I completely and totally validate your word cloud that I was oblivious, largely oblivious to the adverse impacts that I was having on others in that writer's room during the entire time that the show was happening? Uh, and he also asked, do you feel like I knew the whole time and just kept doing it? Um, 
and it's uh, uh, Maureen Ryan mm. really holds his feet to the fire here and is basically like the fact that you didn't know uh, doesn't mm-hmm. really I think she maybe seemed to question whether or not he actually didn't know. But at the very least, mm-hmm. it, it, sure. uh was saying that he didn't uh, he did not. He doesn't let him off the hook. The fact that he was yeah. oblivious. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah, to, it's an excuse it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think to to an extent, it sounds like at least from those co- quotes you just read that he wasn't saying that was an excuse right. either. Like it was, it like do you know what I mean? He he was saying that this like that it's uh, it shouldn't have had to come to that for me to realize. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Like I, so I think it, it. I think it's interesting, honestly, and I'd be interested. Does it have anything about Carlton Cuse's reaction? Yes, because um, Cuse, I remember he had a couple of reactions. One of uh, some of which I didn't like, but uh, mm. th- he did respond. I, I I've got to say, I think it's worth mo- noting for me personally. That feels like one of the one of the least toxic responses Mm -hmm. that we've heard to this kinds of thing. You know what I mean? Like the idea of really taking a moment to reflect before you open your damn (laughs) mouth. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I think that like taking a minute is a really important part of that. And I think that like, you know, there's far too many people live in that reactionary space now where you end up making it infinitely worse. You double Mm -hmm. down, you, you know, you just immediately launch into a tirade of apologies, which don't really mean anything. So, you know, I think taking a moment to reflect and also then kind of taking a second to, completely and utterly acknowledge that that was that was real and that happened and that that was that was the case and that was his responsibility i think is uh, is a very very important part of this mm-hmm. um because it doesn't feel like at least from my part it doesn't feel like he's trying to seek some kind of like absolution here which is something that i personally find very grating yeah, sure. when it comes to these apologies mm-hmm. and things like that it's like like the fact that he said i'm i failed not necessarily that i'm mm-hmm. sorry do you know what I mean? I think, I think for me, like that reads oh, better that's for me. Like, and prefer, I appreciate. You prefer an acknowledgement y- of failure rather than an apology. But yeah, because I think the apology is like you're seeking an, an acceptance yeah. for what's what's become, and that that you've kind of that you've moved on, and that's no longer you, and whatever. Whereas I feel like I failed is acknowledging like no, I failed, and I need to mm. work on this. Like I there needs to be like a. I'm not saying that I don't ever want an. <laughs> you know, Sometimes I ever it does seem empty, like, though, like empty words. You know. Exactly. I just feel like apologies have become this kind of like, you know, in the kind of like uh, world we live in now where everything's so reactionary, it's very easy to just immediately mm-hmm. apologize without doing two things, which is fully yeah. grasping the it, like the totality of your uh, your consequences and also uh not actually meaning it or uh, uh realizing why perhaps you need mm-hmm. to issue yeah apology. for example and so i think that like YouTube, you know <laughs> you're, they're the just sigh. like it's exactly it just <laughs> feels that's, that's, yeah, yeah yeah like <sighs> this is a really hard video for yeah. me. so we need to talk yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so so for instance this is a really good example for anyone that's over here in the uk one of the most ridiculous things that's been going on in hmm. the world which is there's all this uh scandal around philip Schofield. oh yeah uh it has been completely and utterly blown into the e like the into a, a billion pieces and become this incredible thing uh, uh where i'm pretty sure that philip uh, someone did an opinion poll of british people and uh philip schofield now has one of the lowest rankings of a public figure uh on, on, on the opinion not to polls be, not to be now to the point where he is below he's below xi jinping wow. of china he is a less popular figure in england than xi jinping See, of china which here's i just the thought thing. was i've kind never of liked philip schofield so i'm validated but also 
I'm like, okay, everyone, calm, calm down. Like, <laughs> he's a, calm he's down. a but for I, Americans, the, he's the, a he's the, a, yeah. a morning show co-host. Yes, right. Yes, who co-host. recently, yes. like a few and years ago, made headlines for coming out as gay on air. That was previous. Yes, and then yeah. it turns out yeah, that he basically had a relationship yeah. with a younger person on the crew, not like mm-hmm. underage. That they met when yes. he was underage. If, if this but, was a case of grooming, uh, then you not calm down calm up yeah no fuck that but like yes <laughs> yes yeah, yeah yeah but like and basically but it was a it was a consensual relationship but it was hidden from it was like hidden from the mm-hmm. public and apparently hidden from executives complete lies obviously because the executives know everything mm-hmm. that's happening on set like it's it, like rumor it, like the rumor mill is is crazy on set like we've all mm-hmm. experienced it it's wild mm-hmm. um and but anyway, all this to say that it all kind of boils down to Holly Willoughby, who kind of claims to not having known anything about mm-hmm. the scandal, does this direct to camera address being like, hi, are you all OK? Because I know you like me are probably really struggling right now. And it's just like, what <laughs> the f- is this? Like, who is really not okay? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're not okay, Holly, because you've just been caught mm-hmm. in a lie that you've helped perpetrate yep. with your co-host, that's one thing. But like, to to kind of this this endlessly vacuous kind of like, are we? Are you okay? Like the idea that this thing is as impactful on like yeah. the everyday viewer of this of the, of the morning show, uh, of, of this morning, whatever it's called, it's just kind of baffling to me and just shows a complete disconnect as to like why she needs to apologize or why you know he needs to apologize or whatever so i think that's basically the point i'm trying to make with this example is just that i feel that you know that apology and other apologies like it like you know you you know your classic youtube Mm -hmm. apologies are feel like they're very much damage limitation Mm -hmm. and pr as opposed to an actual acknowledgement of like what the mistakes were that were made and the and a presenting everyone with a genuinely healthy way of moving forward which is i'm not saying that uh damon lindelof i haven't really thought enough about it to be honest to to kind of come to a conclusion as to whether that's the right way or not i'm not saying that is the right way but it feels at least for me like a more representative and honest uh kind of uh uh summation of like where he's at you know what he feels like he needs to process before you know issuing and before saying you know uh, you know uh, uh fully kind of like closing the chapter on this thing because what i hate the idea that i hate is that all these people go oh cool did my apology yeah. video Whoa, yeah. i feel good now you know what i mean way off my chest all right i can carry on and there's just like a slew of people that aren't okay because they are still being affected by this thing and that apology yeah. didn't mean anything mm. uh anyway that was a long rant uh to interrupt <laughs> your point jeremy but uh, uh so back to the point um <laughs> the- <laughs> Uh, Q's, Q's response to the word cloud was, it breaks my heart to hear it. Uh, it's deeply upsetting to know that there were people who had such bad experiences. I did not know people were feeling that way. No one ever complained to me, nor am I aware that anyone, anybody complained to ABC Studios. I wish I had known. I would have done what I could to make changes. See that feels diff. That feels different to me. I think there's something different in the way that you and the way that he's saying he doesn't take uh, culpability. Like, I would have yeah. done better. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't claim any culpability yeah. at all. And also, I have there's the the uh, quotes from um, the writer on the show that I spoke about earlier, uh, who's saying he's happy to be fired in the discussing of Mister Echo's, um, you know, um, 
uh, show being uh, but his character uh, being, being taken yeah, off of the show. Yeah, um, like she literally like a quote from her. She said, uh, "In uh, I said, at which point, after a very." vivid description was given by uh, Carlton Cuse as to what he wants to do to this character, which again, I'm not going to read. Extremely unnecessarily violent. Uh, uh, She said... It's basically just uh, uh, lynching imagery and weird... But yeah, it's but like but well. way over the top and completely would be completely and utterly Django Unchained. Uh, out of Sounds like it's something that's in Django Unchained. Yeah. Oh it's god. That kind okay. Of thing. Yeah, it, for sure. Uh, but then she said to him you may want to temper the limp- lynching imagery and I was clearly very mm. angry. So like the idea that like no one said anything like I, I don't know about you guys but if someone said if someone came to me and said something I described sounded like I was talking about lynching a black man mm. I'd probably I'd take die. that as like <laughs> like I'd die <laughs> you know what I mean it's just I, I just so like that is like one at least one example of someone actually saying something to this and i have a response from cues which is which is probably the point where i was like "Mm -mm." right uh he Uh -uh. said i never ever made that statement above and this exchange never happened to further add to this lie and suggest that someone was fired as a result of a statement that i never made is completely false adding that the implication is completely outrageous you can't there's no way like Uh, so is this the same person who said mm. it's wild to like along the lines of like those things never registered to me i i can't comprehend saying that saying that those things okay no no this okay, is someone okay. else that, that, was, is, Carlton that was that, was, that the, was damon lindelof yeah damon lindelof is carlton the younger Hughes. guy who kind of helped create the show carlton cues mm. is the older guy who had previously been damon lindelof's the, boss who was brought in early on in the show's run to mm. help run it because damon this was at the time the pilot was filmed i think it was the most expensive pilot of all time pilot meaning 13 the fir- million. yeah the first episode oh. of the show massive budgets like that is honestly like thinking about that like in today like i'm pretty sure like the game of thrones that was like the game of thrones yeah. but like the game of thrones pilot was like 20 i think yeah. million and that's in like 2017 or something that was in 29 like, 2009 13 million wow 2000 oh was it yeah but like 13 million at the time for a tv show would have been mm. yeah <gasps> Yeah. crazy all shot Absolutely almost crazy. all of it shot on location as well in hawaii yeah. which you know like you could get you could run into some uh, adverse weather that will absolutely mm. ruin your shooting schedule. Uh, so anyway, there's more, though, because one thing we didn't uh, mention is after Harold Perineu jumping back to him saying like, hey, everybody, uh, can my character please act like he loves his son and not reinforce <laughs> negative stereotypes uh, about black men and how nobody cares about black boys Th- like my character needs to. Uh, I'll do whatever you want on this show. I just won't be the black guy and I won't mm-hmm. do like I, that's. You know, come on, Uh, I'm good at my job. Um, So as Jasper had said, they initially kind of blew him off. And by that point, he was so fed up that he just improvised a bunch of lines while shooting to to add that stuff Mm. in. And then they told him at the last minute. Walk. That, Walk. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they, added in, <laughs> they added in another. Uh, well, at the end of the uh, right, like shortly before the episode was supposed to be like finished, they came to him and were like, hey, we're actually changing this from being uh, an episode focused on the character Sawyer to an, er- a char- an episode char- uh, focused on your character. So you have to film uh, an episode's worth of flashbacks in two days. 
Uh, and he said those were like 14 to yeah. 18 hour days that he put tons of work into. He's like, I mm-hmm. refuse to mess this up. If you're acting like it doesn't matter. No, I'm going to I'm going to sell this. This is going to be great. Uh, and he believes that shortly after that, he basically got fired as a result of him having mm-hmm. spoken up repeatedly about this. And he yep. thinks that that was kind of the last straw, him going in and being like, yo, guys as a black person and of course immediately you got the get out white people all being like oh i'm not racist now come on (laughs) immediately backtracking um and and he (laughs) he argues that he thinks he might have been fired uh as as a result of his complaints and both cues and lindelof responded um lindelof responded to uh uh comments saying uh, there was a high degree of insensitivity towards all the issues that you mentioned as it relates to Harold. Basically owning up that, like, yeah, we we messed up. Uh, he added that every single a- actor had expressed some degree of disappointment that they weren't being used enough. That was kind of part and parcel for an ensemble show. But obviously there was a disproportionate amount of focus on Jack and Kate and Locke and Sawyer, the four main characters, the white characters. Mm-hmm. Harold was completely and totally mm. right to point that out. It's one of the things that I've had deep and profound regrets about in the two decades since. All in all, Lindelof said, quote, I do feel that Harold was legitimately and professionally conveying concerns about his character and how significant it was that Michael and Walt, with the exception of Rose, because Rose is another black character who shows up, uh, were really the only black characters on the show. Uh, so he actually, mm. he actually pretty much owned up to it. Um, let yeah. me see if I can find Q's comments. And I think that's also a really important distinction because I think it's very easy for him to turn around and go, oh, you know, well, there was execs who wanted this character, you know, these characters to be more, you know, I think there's a there's a whole slew of like baked in responses that you could have mm-hmm. to that question and just straight up being like, yep, he wasn't, he didn't do it. He wasn't unprofessional. He did his job. He was great. He was great. And everything that he says is correct. Like, I think even just the fact that he outwardly calls mm. him professional, I think is so huge. Because if we think back to, you know, the Fishboy saga that we Joss covered Whedon. extensively, Ugh. one of the main things that constantly gets brought up about Ray Fisher was that it was somehow unprofessional for him, him to bring these things up. It was somehow breaking of like, you know, uh, confidentiality and all this kind of stuff to make mm-hmm. these things public because he didn't feel like he had any other choice. And do you know what I mean? So I, I just think it's a really important distinction to make that he's actually willing to say no no not only because it also he probably would have been justified to be mm. unprofessional do you know what i mean he probably would have been justified to be like hey this is fucking terrible i'm mm. not doing this but the fact that you know he makes a very good makes a point of saying no harold was very very like uh professional and uh accurate in saying what he said yeah. and what he did and in contrast this is what q said was, was... uh q's also stated that he mm. never discussed matters touching on race at any time with perineu and that race had quote nothing to do end quote with the character's storyline quote i do not believe he is in any way personally to blame for the way his role changed Q- uh, end quote said Q's, who also noted that Perineu's feedback about that script was relayed to him by Lindelof. Q's did not recall discussing those specific concerns with the actor, and that revisions of the script were in part intended to address Perineu's input. 
quote, we heard his concerns and made changes to address them in the second episode of season two. And as we moved through season two, we reflected Michael's character as caring deeply about finding his missing son at every possible opportunity, end quote. Uh, he also disputed that he was, that Perrine was, was fired. He said that he was bumped down to recurring status, but that does not line up with Perrine's recollections. The actor said after season two, mm -hmm. he was released from his lost yep. contract and took other jobs. As the opening credits show, he was not part of season three at all. Wow. Perrine did appear in several episodes of the strike-shortened fourth season, and he also appeared once in the final season. Um, there's a, and there's so, like a slew of evidence that what this person is is, is saying is just is just nonsense. You know, like yeah, I, I, yeah, like, it doesn't line up. It, you know, yeah. And honestly, there's a lot that can be gone into about the like. It's a long article. I highly recommend everyone read it. I don't think we said the title of the article itself. Yeah. The, uh, on Vanity Fair, it's called "Lost Illusions: The Untold Story mm. of the Hit Show's Poisonous Culture" uh, by Maureen Ryan. It's an excerpt from her book. Uh, I strongly recommend checking it out because there's issues with the writers' room. Mm -hmm. uh, again, people of diverse backgrounds mm -hmm. talking about their issues with hostile environments in the writers' room and scripts being rewritten and credit being misapplied and so forth uh but i think i think tying this back in with not like what well jasper like you were with the previous episodes we've done talking about the culture of uh of mm. racism in hollywood uh and sexism as well like misogyny mm -hmm. is also an issue uh yep. lost does have a lot of really yep. great women characters i will say like for my money some of the best characters yep. on the show are women but the it's it is absolutely a white male show first and foremost uh and yeah. i do yeah. yeah it's interesting as a show that in many ways was kind of like one of the first it's genre fiction this is like this is a show that in a previous decade would have been some obscure geeky thing that's oh, yeah. like a weird mysterious island yeah. with yeah, sci-fi yeah, yeah. and magic and yeah exactly and then yeah, firefly yeah, debuted yeah, yeah, yeah. like around the same time or a few years before yeah i think <laughs> so like it this is like uh, this is big that this show was what it was uh and we still see that these problems have been there all along uh, and like we said, it, and based on people's comments, it does seem to be a case of blind spots or rather, uh, or ignorance, uh, people, people yeah. having privilege and I, not being aware of the things that they were doing and the harm that they were causing. Yeah. I think, uh, my kind of like sort of, as we sort of start to wrap this up and, um, you know, I'd love to sort of just go around and especially, uh, hear some, mm. your thoughts as well, Liv, but like I, for me, this feels like a case of you had a kind of experienced mm -hmm. veteran in Carlton Coos who, who was very used to yeah. things being a certain way and happening a certain way. And I know what, you know, I know what sells, I know what doesn't sell. You know, we've, we've all, even in our careers have heard those mm -hmm. things, you know what I mean? In, 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 you know, 2017 mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, and you, like I remember studying and being told, you know, oh, you know, you really, you'll, you'll, you'll sell at the moment or like, oh, I don't really know if you can be a lead. You know, all of those kinds of things have all been, you know, that's, that's nothing yeah. new and something that's constantly prevalent now. So if you had someone back in, you know, who's at the, the peak of their powers in the 90s, it probably goes some way to explaining as to why, you know, they were completely and utterly blind mm -hmm. to this. And honestly, it seems like not really oh, willing God, to no. acknowledge either, given the responses that have, you know what I mean? That that cues is as is, mm. is given to this. Um, especially when you give and the fact that in that article there are several uh kind of like witnessed uh statements from people 
co completely contradicting Hughes' statements, like the fact that oh, I never discussed this with Hughes uh, with uh, Harold. There, there's multiple quotes from Harold saying that he discussed these directly with with Hughes. Um, and then, and then I think on the other side, you have this first time showrunner who had this veteran, you know, who used to be his boss and now kind of technically is equal. Who probably genuinely I can like Liv said I can kind of believe yeah. that he didn't really have a clue because also this is what's insane I've just checked this out and so uh, Lost's pilot is the sixth most expensive pilot of all <laughs> time anyway and if you adjust and if you adjust it to mm. in for inflation it's the third wow. most expensive uh, and this was handed to someone yeah. who had never written on a tv yeah, show before that's a lot of like, like the showrunner had never even written for t like it's just kind of baffled like that in itself i think is one of the biggest problems and neglects you know issues with neglect on this show like obviously there's going to be issues with the way that this set is run and what happens on this set and that's not me to, that's not for me to diminish any of the work you know any of the what they actually what, what he was able of, of, to produce as the showrunner but this is more me saying that like when we're talking about positions of power and we're constantly banging on about the fact that you need to have people in in those high up positions to make sure that there is yeah. that kind of like safety net because i can i would bet my mm. existence on the fact that there was no one above Damon Lindelof in the executive team no, who was sure. of color. Like I would bet my for house sure. yeah. on that being the case. You know what I mean? So if there's no safety net for this guy, this is his first job, and he's got this, you know, '90s TV veteran next to him. I, it, it, it just, I think even just on paper, there's just like, oh, mm -hmm. well, yeah, obviously. Like obviously, this is going to yeah. be yeah. a shit show. And <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're going to go um, with whatever the. And that's the, not to excuse I'm so sorry for inter yeah. interrupting you. You're going to go with whatever the person no, 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 above please. you is saying. You're like, oh, they've got experience. They know what they're talking about. I know that I would feel, especially if that was like the amount of pressure that was on on them. I'm sure that if I was in that position, I would have been like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Whatever you say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. nah. Yeah, adjusted for inflation, this pilot costs yeah, twenty imagine, two imagine, million for a one hour of TV. I would do whatever somebody else said. I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, whoa, you know." One. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one hour of TV. That's like honestly, that's like half a million. Oh, yeah, a like that. Like that's that's yeah, wild. That's like that's and like especially for that time as well. Like nowadays, you could imagine a TV show having a, a pilot getting that kind of money. But like, because uh, like for instance, one that's mm. above it is Westworld. You can kind yeah. of like that makes sense. But like back for mm -hmm. back then, yeah, crazy. And to hand it to someone who's now that's that's the biggest that's revelation. A big just risk. Like, they gave this to God. Why wasn't <laughs> I born earlier, man? Like, why can't I get some of that? Like, why can't I get a slice of that? Hey, it's fine. We know if what he's doing. Bring a non-problematic lost to Jasper. Like, feel free. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Just come on, someone give me 13, 14 million to spend yeah. on a TV show. That'd and then Jasper, I would I like to audition. I can do but it. But also, I want to be in it. I want to be in it, please. Thank you. Okay. Well, uh, yes, cool. it's going to be a TV show. Uh, the title is Phone. Oh, <laughs> that was my audition. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tagline. That's it. Yeah. That's, That's, the, tra yeah. That's the trailer line. That's the trailer The catchphrase. Right. That's the, the catchphrase that Liv has. It comes up saying foam. foam. It's like the trailer happens, then it comes up with a big title saying foam, and then it's just lit, it comes back to live. She <laughs> and then it cuts to black. It's a sitcom. That's, that's the trailer. It's a sitcom. That's the trailer. It's a sitcom. It's a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs>
love biscuit it. Foam. Biscuit and foam. Mm. Let's go. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, Jasper. Mm-hmm. I think it is clear that uh, once again, that there is and has always been a culture of racism and misogyny and uh, all sorts of mistreatment and exploitation in Hollywood as many as well as many other industries. I think it's mm-hmm. it, a lot of it is a byproduct of the society. So when I say like I, a lot of it doesn't seem always malicious, I mean, the Hughes's comments about Mr. Echo are just flat out malicious. No, no, no bones mm-hmm. about it. Um, yeah, geez, it's geez, but some wow. of it does yeah. seem like it's genuine failure and and like ignorance and Mm. i think that it is important Mm. to note like now that we are so far removed from the end of the show because it ended i think in 2010 or 2011 wow um yeah i think it was 2011 uh i think uh back when it uh back when it ended like we're so far removed from its ending uh tv has changed so much in part because of lost like Mm. lost helped lost was part of that uh, leading to the era of peak tv as well like Lost is absolutely a bingeable show. It is a hundred percent a bingeable show, even yeah. though that didn't really exist at the time. Um, and there are numerous shows, not just Orange is the New Black, that straight up rip off its format. Um, but I, I think it is important now that we have some distance for and for anyone who is in a position of power or in a situation where they have done bad things in the past be more of a of of Damon Lindelof than a Carlton Cuse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you need yeah. to acknowledge the <laughs> yeah. mistakes that you've yeah. made and mm-hmm. you need to mm-hmm. like own up to them. Don't just be like, well, mistakes were made because that is often Maureen Ryan points out in the article. Oftentimes people will phrase things, especially she points out white men tend to phrase things in a way that removes culpability from themselves yeah. even as they acknowledge that something bad was yeah. done. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, something bad was done, not yeah. I did something bad." Yeah. Um, it's like the it's like the equivalent of yeah. like I'm sorry you feel that way when <laughs> yeah yeah yes uh, exactly yes it's exactly and that they, you it's need exactly to own that. up to it and <laughs> I would say as long as you are owning up to it then I think an apology is appropriate in many yeah. cases necessary uh, uh yeah yeah but I I, I think to, just to my point I think that it's okay if that apology comes later if you want to take time to learn actually grow like be like <laughs> uh, w- like okay I need to learn bef- so and fully acknowledge what's happened before I jump into an apology but like actually know like what I did and you know why that's the case because mm. I just think a lot of the time I don't know it's like it it's hard for you to fully grasp especially in the moment when someone's telling you something like the depths of like the yeah, harm that you sure. might have caused you know what I mean like I even now I reckon he's probably doesn't really come to terms you know struggling comes to terms with the idea that of like how much damage he probably caused to you know someone like Harold who, who you know was so hot at the time you know what I mean and like hasn't yeah. done a whole he's got a show now though. i wouldn't even be surprised if that's he's not... actually got a he's on a show uh hey. called from that's oh, a horror yeah. show that's i haven't we have watched it film. but i've heard it's great yeah. oh hey jeremy whoa you can't call it you can't call it a you can't call it a horror show. Come on, my man's out here working really hard. He's a lead, actually. He's the lead on this horror show. Strong words, dude. Strong words, dude. But I do, yeah. I think I will say, if you want an example of a, I would say a YouTube apology that was well done, or at least probably better done than 
a lot of the other ones. I know iDubs, the creator, recently issued an apology for his previous content, uh, basically owning mm-hmm. up to having helped perpetuate uh, racism and fed into a culture of it, and that he may not have realized it at the time, but he was doing a lot of harm, and he apologizes. He apologized to people. And this is after years of him pivoting away from making those sorts of videos. Yeah. So similar to Damon Lindelof, who has now done Watchmen, and which is a hard pivot away, hmm. and uh, like. I think a a great example of like a pro black show, uh, a pro black superhero show. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, uh, I dubs had also pivoted away. Another example would be Dan Harmon. If you want to watch Mm. his apology, he gave an apology on his podcast uh, for the way that he had treated Megan Gans, the writer back when uh, they were both on community. A Mm. lot of basically Mm. sexual harassment. Uh, that sort of thing. And she had publicly mm-hmm. called him out on Twitter and he gave like a really, he went into detail about his behavior and why he did it. And basically mm. was like, everything I did was wrong and here's why, and here's the harm I was doing. And please mm. learn from my example. Don't do okay. this, be aware. And it's like a completely different, I, that I guess is the lesson that I take from this. Mm. And also mm-hmm. just uh, hats off to these, to Maureen Ryan and to all the people who are willing to come forward. Yeah, and absolutely. say things, yeah, because uh, I think it's important yeah. that this was exposed, and uh, I'm I'm glad that it's out there now, and I'm look forward to the book coming out. I'll probably end up reading the book uh, now that I've read this, hmm. uh, and I hope that the, yeah, yeah, I hope that uh, yeah. <laughs> Carlton Cuse sees the error of his ways. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I I think we've got uh, there's a couple things on the list <laughs> that we might hit before then, like uh, hell freezing yeah. over and other such For sure. uh, natural um, uh, unnatural occurrences. Uh, I would like to do one quick shout out to Daniel Day Kim playing Fire Lord Ozai <gasps> no, in the new Avatar, what? like uh, the Last what? Airbender. Like oh. I, for that alone, oh <laughs> I will watch the new <laughs> Avatar series. The trailer has left me a little cold, mm. honestly. At this point, I'm like, okay, I'm like, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah, just we don't need it, lost. but I'm glad he's getting. But paid. it can win me over. We yeah. don't need it. We don't need it. But yeah. Daniel Day Kim has followed us. What I bone structure that man so has? Go. So let's just throw like stretch. what incredible bone structure. <laughs> oh, um, those the jawline, yeah. <laughs> truly, them truly. cheekbones. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, whilst we're actually on, whilst we're just as a yes. little fun thing to wrap up, and we're talking about pop culture and stuff, have we watched the one? Oh, movie? I'm not. No, I haven't. Because if if the Avatar, if Avatar: The Last Airbender uh, trailer left me cold, the One Piece trailer, I have I've not watched or read any. <laughs> like I, yeah. I've never watched or read that, any of it, so I didn't watch the trailer. Oh yeah, I, used Jeremy, to I don't know why I assumed you were like a, a One Piece girly. Like I don't know why. I just assumed no. that you would be. No, super I'm uh, I'm a sort of a loose yeah. DBZ girly. I would say. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, I'm Mm -hmm. a big DBZ girly to the point where, like, I couldn't go through watching Mm. the live action. Like, I I have already been so (laughs) scarred by the live action DBZ. Dragon Ball Evolution. Uh, I'm not even going to call it DBZ because it wasn't. It just wasn't. Like, whatever the fuck it was, was not Dragon Ball Z. I refuse to even remotely acknowledge (laughs) that that came from the same source material uh, because it was the one of the worst things yeah. i've ever seen in my entire life uh but yeah the one piece one is like i don't know i'm just there's something about these which i'm like i'm left a little bit like animation as the as the uh as the medium works for these shows and i just fundamentally don't know if making a one-to-one kind of version it yeah. will ever really work i think you need to yeah. change the format somehow you know what i mean make it more of like inspired by Direct. as opposed to like a shot for shot kind mm-hmm. of you know because i just 
I, I will say this though the kid playing ang does seem mm. absolutely perfect like i watched a video of him on the red carpet Aww. and i was like oh my god this like Aww, he literally so is ang. Like, <laughs> there's like one bit it's mm. so cute it's so cute where he's on the red carpet with the guy who mm. plays zuko and they ask like oh what uh like element would you be and basically the, the guy playing zuko was like honestly fire's mm-hmm. the best it beats everyone so i'd be fire yeah, yeah. like proper zuko kind of and uh, the kid playing ang just goes okay as your friend i think that's kind of <laughs> evil but i still love you yes! <laughs> I'm like, oh, so oh God, my God, that's so is- perfect and that was just like on the red carpet <laughs> oh, and i was like wow I like they wait. nailed that's that so costume <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. I think it'd be it'd be mm-hmm. cool to see how they pull um, some stuff off. By um, the way, but anyway, Liv, yes, any closing remarks? Any uh, yeah, final I, I, so you might have noticed that I was just kind of mostly like ah, like this episode because I was like I've not seen Lost, but like it was really <laughs> interesting to hear, and I really hope that like people, it, you know, I, I think it was a product of its time. Uh, I think that societally we've moved on, uh, and hopefully, fingers crossed, if something like this happened now some people would be immediately would be like no fuck mm-hmm. that you know no absolutely not i would i would fingers crossed yeah. hope that that would be the case yeah. um but uh yeah also there are a few things i referenced previously that i wanted to bring up um number one i, m- I mentioned father ted i will say that the creator is i think a known transphobe so fuck oh. transphobes and trans rights um yes. yeah right. just just so everyone knows yep also there uh was a book that i referenced uh which is um uh, it's by Zadie Smith and it's called NW uh, is the book that I mentioned before that where like it's the norm that uh, like the neutral is that people of, of color are being described yeah. without the skin tone being mentioned and then when a white person comes in the skin tone is mentioned and it's a subversive thing and it's really interesting um, it's always also, food do they always use food like they're cream oh colored or mayonnaise cream colored vanilla toned skin <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> nice baking soda. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I've had enough of of mocha skin tones. Um, but uh, but yes. Um, and also, uh, highly recommend uh seeing like a, a video. The video that I I found out about this book from um is by um uh I'm not going to be able to to uh pronounce this correctly. Um, but it's uh Y H A R A. Uh, z-a-y-d yara zaid i think on youtube um mm. and uh, they mm-hmm. made a video that, that's called the day room but Be- the day rue became black which is about oh Rue's i've from... seen this yeah have you seen it oh yeah. it's, su- it's such it's a, a good, good video, video. Oh, such a good video okay. it's um it's okay. uh, about how people reacted when when rue was cast in the hunger games uh and and just people kicked off because they were like oh i didn't think of rue as black and it's like literally it's it, she is described in the book as black having dark skin mm-hmm. and the fact that like she wasn't even she was described as having mm. dark skin and um the uh, the person who actually played her uh, is mixed race and so it there was still an element of like toning things down and it's just about how like being black in cinema and in media is kind of always it can be very poorly received and like yeah like just it's just baffling and then mm. also there's a lot of stuff going on right now with the fact that like the new magic the gathering set has aragorn and he's black like there's a which is fucking oh. sick oh it's such so amazing good. It's so good. oh but my like, god yeah like it's Jeez. just interesting it's just a wow. topic i'm super interested in right now um but yeah highly recommend that video very very good yeah yeah 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, pretty tiring yeah. being described as like yeah. <laughs> woke or. In fact, I actually found a video. I was on like a random. I <laughs> should never have done. Like, I was doing it basically. My agent was like, "Oh, can you send me like stuff mm. that you've done like online? You know, so I can like link it to people and whatever." And so I was like, "Oh, sure." I didn't have anything to hand, so I was just like uh, going on YouTube and typing in like right to my casting stuff like that. Oh, no. And like I found this like random guy who was like just going on this like re- like tirade about like why does everyone obsess with three black halflings they've only posted this many videos oh, and only got yeah. a couple thousand subscribers by the way this guy had uh, 350 <laughs> subscribers we got over 2000 and was getting vexed because we had followers but the funniest thing was that he was just like why do people keep talking about these guys they haven't barely posted anything and i was like no like, dude we don't, we're not no we're i like, know is this a youtube video like, it was just like so yeah, yeah, this is a YouTube video. Whoa. I'll see if I can find no, it. No, it, it, like uh, during the, when we released the the, the interview um, uh, okay, during the OGL stuff, and that went kind of viral-ish. Uh, people were like, uh, like referencing yeah. us as a YouTube channel, and then also saying like, "These guys are shit. They haven't posted anything else." And it's like, we're fucking, we're fucking podcasts. Sorry, podcast. We tried to branch into video, but now you're making we're it scary and weird. We're a podcast, and I guarantee you, we yeah. get a lot more. Listening. There was a person yeah. on Shut Twitter who was saying like, "Why <laughs> did they speak to these people? They're barely known." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, actually, we're uh, we have." I actually came in and was like, <laughs> "No, we're actually made primarily an." audio yeah. podcast and we have all these other th- and look at who we've had on the show and he's like yeah. i mentioned matthew mercy he's like c tells me everything you i need to know you think critical role equals D and i was like it is no, just that they're very good well known people in, in the sphere <laughs> i mean i mean it, i mean if you want to go there then like critical role has a lot yeah. more followers than D does so Ooh, yeah I, oh, oh, <laughs> and honestly Honestly, they're probably better custodians yeah. of the game than, than <laughs> like, the goes right now. So I'm just, hey, look, I said it. I said it. I said it. I said it. Okay? Like, I said it. Uh, anyway, before this gets any uh, uh, spicy, yeah. I really enjoyed this conversation as always. I feel like this is like a, a return Ooh. to form. All of us having good old-fashioned mm-hmm. rants about race. It's just like, yeah, yeah. let's get stuck in. I love it. Um, so, before we go, uh, Olivia Kennedy, please tell everyone where they can find yeah. you on the Twitter. I am over on Twitter. Sorry, I was taken aback by everything I just did. Uh, <gasps> I'm <laughs> on Twitter. On I'm yeah. at Does Dark Magic. I'm everywhere else at Olivia Does Dark Magic, um, I'm, uh, including Twitch. Jeremy, you've been talking about your Twitch recently. I need to, I'm trying my best to do more streams. But yes, I'm uh, twitch.tv twitch.tv forward slash Olivia does dark magic um and yeah and then also you can go check out Ooh. youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker where i do video things and there's some exciting stuff coming up some exciting stuff where possibly oh maybe jasper and jeremy will be involved Ooh. i don't know <gasps> maybe, maybe. Oh, oh, me? So. Oh, um yeah so go ahead and subscribe that'll be that'll be cool and then also subscribe to our youtube channel which is not our main thing youtube.com forward slash three black halflings do subscribe because it is great the stuff that's on there is great it's not our main thing we're doing our our best look i'm working hard as hard as i can but there's so much gang but yeah go ahead and go ahead and check it out (laughs) oh man 
That is me now. Jeremy. Uh, yeah. So uh, just before I wanted to throw out a tweet that I really, really loved that was about this situation. Somebody Ooh. tweeted out, oh, no. uh, this is a uh -huh. Watchmen quote from the original book. Uh, well, it's based on a Watchmen quote from Dr. Manhattan. Uh, it is 2007. The, WG the WGA is on strike. We are canceling Lost. It is 2023. The WGA is on strike. We are canceling Lost. Uh, and, <laughs> and I, I just thought that was a, an absolute brilliant. That's good. Uh, and very good. Yes. Very good. Very sad. Yes. Right. And he's <laughs> right here is a quote from Carlton okay. Keyes to Harold Perrineau saying, you don't have enough work. You said you don't have enough work here. So we're letting you go <laughs> when he was fired. Oh, yep. brutal. Um, but uh, yes, yep. uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeremy Cobb one. That's Cobb with two B's in the number one. You can find me on Instagram at the Cobmeister, uh, and you can find me on uh, be streaming on Twitch, uh, Twitch.tv slash Casual Quest Live. Uh, I stream on Tuesdays and Thursdays at seven p.m. Central, eight p.m. Eastern, and I also on the Quantum Reactor. Uh, if you want to hear me talk about science fiction in a lot more detail about the actual work itself, who knows? Maybe we'll do Lost eventually. Uh, you can check us out uh, wherever pods are cast. The Quantum Reactor. I co-host that show with. Uh, uh, Andrew Coons, friend of the show, uh, and uh, we are also on Twitter at Q Reactor Show, and uh, join our Discord. I think the link is in the description of our episodes. So yeah, go check all that out as well. Ooh. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, you can follow me at JW underscore Cartwright um, uh, on all of my social medias. Uh, you can check me out on Games and Feelings. You can check me out on the Pointless Capture podcast, and you can check me out on this next season of yeah. uh, the uh, Dark Dice, which is. I'm very, very excited about that coming out. Uh, so uh, that's probably about us. Uh, it, for us at Three Black Halflings, please follow the show at Three uh, Black Halflings. That's the number three Black Halflings. Check out our Patreon where you can get this episode without any ads. You can also get bonus episodes, uh, hangouts, all kinds of stuff uh, and goodies like that. Uh, check out our Patreon. And uh, yeah. we also have merch and we will be making yeah, merch announcements oh, yeah. soon. Things yeah, are coming. Ready. Things are coming. So make sure you check that out. Get ready. Strap in. Strap in. It's coming. Uh, that's about it for us. So, uh, yeah. But I'll see you next so week. Long so long, wrap up this episode it's about that time that we say thank you to some very special people people who have joined the three black halflings patreon we want to thank you so much for helping us keep this show going and make cool stuff thank you uh 
And we're changing it up because it's not just one of us here. We're all here. We're all here. <gasps> thank team. you. You wonderful people. Hi. Uh, this is great because so... I never know if I do this right. So this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're going we, we, uh, to sit and uh, judge you now. Okay. Three contrasting styles team. coming in hot. Very, okay. very contrasting styles. Uh, I'm the angry thanker. Okay. Uh, so that's what Thanks I'm Thanks a do. lot. Thank you, Calibra. Thank you so much. Are you going to assign us Joining roles? our Patreon. <laughs> we're we're going to figure out the roles as we go, Liv. I see. Hit us I with, see. Your, yeah. Sorry, hit yes. with your... Sorry. Yeah, hit okay. us with it. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this one. Okay. So I'm, I'm uh, yeah, Calibra, thank you so much. Um, that, I stole I stole that again because I feel like I interrupted the first one. <clears throat> okay. Uh, um, uh, uh, Twenty on the dice from YouTube. Please subscribe. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you I love that so style. so so much. <laughs> Hey. Also, absolutely love the hustle of calling I yourself know, right? twenty. Please, uh, twenty on the dice from, from YouTube, YouTube. Please subscribe. The, <laughs> you know, twenty the, on the dice from YouTube. That is that's with a period at the end. A full to, stop. It's, yeah, that's up there with me trying to get Jeremy, trying to get guests to uh, to give Jeremy a nickname, which mm-hmm. is just branding. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Jeremy Roll Twenty Cop. Yeah. Uh, so love that. Uh, sorry, yeah, Jeremy, you go. Hey, it's Tom Church. Thanks, buddy. Hope you're doing well. Much appreciated, Tom. Yeah. Parasocial but relationship. I would like to thank. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've actually met. I've actually know. met Tom in person. Oh, fair I enough, actually yeah, do yeah, know. Yeah, that's <laughs> I DM for Tom at uh, okay. DD Castle. Carry on. Uh, and can Tom's can awesome. He's a great player. Cool. Nice. I would like to thank Wandering Heron. You're fantastic, and I really appreciate your support. Uh, I just, if you don't mind, I would love to say thank you to Joseph, Joseph Rogers, who is a really cool person and a supporter. And I thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Joshua Hunnix, it's you. (laughs) We haven't met. (laughs) Kenzie Tartaglione. You're so fantastic. And maybe you're even on the show, which is just really cool because you have a Great show called Quib Queer RPG. Quibbg. Listen to it's it. Qu- it's queer ah. RPG. It's not queer it right. RPG. It's queer. It's queer. It's queer. No way. It's, it's queer PG. PG, which makes it queer queer P- RPG. Yeah. Queer. <laughs> <sighs> um. Okay. So this one's a bit out of left field. I'm really sorry if it's if it's wrong, but I want to say thank you to Castle. Um. Thank you so much. It's a. It's just a big castle that I found out about. I think it's neat. <laughs> I just wanted to say it. Thank you so much, Castle. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love the idea that a literal castle has yeah. <laughs> sponsored our show. Mm-hmm. Lumley yeah. Castle is sponsored. <laughs> oh my god. So sick. Thank, Thank you, you Lumley. Uh, and uh, oh, it's you, Captain Kazno. <laughs> we haven't met either, but I wish you a great day. <laughs> oh, Nate P. Why? Why are you so cool and so amazing? Ha! Just, just, just carry on supporting us. It really helps. Um, so this one's a bit weird. So this one time I was out in the forest and I picked uh, a plum out of a bush and I was like, oh, this is oh. lovely. Oh, I'm going to, to eat it. Yeah. And then I went to put it in my mouth and then turned into the plum satyr who I would like oh. to thank. I would like to thank them for everything so they do the no I didn't no I didn't yes, but I, just wanted to, hey. I wanted to thank them for supporting the show and also for turning back into their oh it's you David Altus that's you <laughs> he old so and so thanks 
Thanks, buddy. <laughs> David this is slowly turning Altis. into DJ Khaled. We out here. Like, yeah. David Altis, yeah. <laughs> my favorite system to play is myself. <laughs> we out here doing it. <laughs> oh, I want to tell you. Oh, <laughs> myself. I want to tell you guys about someone who I used to know who turns out has the same damn name as one of our patrons. I don't know if it's the same one. I really doubt it because it's a friend from school back when I was like a kid. But they were also called Callum Scott. They were a really nice person as well. The same as you are, Callum Scott, for supporting the show. Hey guys, it's Liv again. And I just wanted to say a big thank you to Gellert. Gellert! You mean the world to me, and I really wanted to thank you for everything you do. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gallup. Liv, that was incredible. You tripped up over the word Gallup, but in, in a way that was just so truly feeble. It was incredible. You were like, Gallup. It was like you were having an allergic reaction to the name. That was absolutely spectacular. Thank you so much. It's just like, I just revert to like the way I would normally be if I weren't on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's my, my main person, Nick Lampier. Or is that pronounced Lampier? Or Lampier? Or Lamfire? Regardless of how it's pronounced, thank you, Nick. You're my favorite. If it's not, maybe you should make it that. <laughs> I think it's Lampire. I think it's Lampire. Maybe change it. Oh. Maybe change Maybe it. Maybe consider changing it. Yeah. Oh. That's the nickname given to you from Jeremy. Ooh. So there we go. Uh, and would you look at that? Jeremy's uh, thing has stopped recording for him. So that seems like a good time to go ahead and wrap this up. I'm just going to say, if you would like your name to be read out and get other similar bonuses, then please feel free to check out the Three Black Halflings Patreon. But until then, we will talk to you next week. We've already said so long, shy folk. So Daniel, just fade us out into nothingness. Bye. Bye. Apparently, this is goodbye. Oh, sorry. That was a headgum podcast. That was a headgum podcast.